You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, sponsored by Natural Stacks. This is the show everybody who's into performance and biohacking should listen to. If you want to know more about performing optimally, check out OptimalPerformance.com. You were looking for a way to change your life. You got it. I kind of think in some ways, selfishly, that it should remain a secret because it is such an advantage that I kind of want to keep to myself. Natural Stacks. Natural Stacks. Shout out to the guys over at Natural Stacks. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself. All right. Happy Thursday, all you optimal performers. Welcome to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Muncy, and I've got my guest and co-host, Sam Shaw, with us in the uh, on Skype in the studio today. So, uh, Sam, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing great. Awesome. How are you guys? We are, we are doing excellent. Um, really looking forward to this. So, for everybody listening, Sam um, is a TNA wrestler, goes by the name of Samuel Shaw, uh, otherwise known as the Creepy Bastard. Uh, right. We'll find out a little bit more about why that name is uh, your nickname <laughs> later on. Uh, but aside from being a pro wrestler, you are a professional artist, uh, stuntman, uh, bodybuilder, and you're new to the whole biohacking, life hacking scene. So we're going to get into a lot of really cool stuff today, uh, talking about resiliency, uh, those habits, um, of course, your, uh, your work stuntman, wrestler, artist, uh, bodybuilding, all that good stuff. So um, just like every other episode, show notes will be available on optimalperformance.com along with the video version. Um, that way you can see Sam and I as we discuss this stuff. Um, two pieces of housekeeping before we get started. Number one, check out iTunes and leave us a review on the podcast. Uh, if you are one of our lucky selected reviewers, you're going to win some free natural stacks goodies. So there's definitely incentive to go leave a positive review. Tell us how much you like the podcast, what you like, what you want more of. And that's going to take us right into our fact of the day for this episode. So um, branch chain amino acids are one of the biggest selling supplements in the health and fitness industry. And unfortunately, most BCAAs are made from human hair, hog hair, or bird feathers. And that's pretty gross. Um, and actually, human hair is the preferred source for most companies because since it's not an animal, they can still be classified as a vegan product. So now that you're grossed out and you don't want to take any branch chains, head on over to Natural Stacks, pick up some of the greatest branch chain amino acids on the market. They are 100% botanical sourced and not made out of human or bird feathers or hair. Um, Sam, I know with all of the abuse that your body takes from, from slinging weights in the weight room, uh, being a stuntman, being a wrestler, resiliency, recovery, longevity, those are, those are big um, issues and, and important things to you. Um, branch chains, how do you use them? And what other habits do you use to, to try to stay healthy and do this for the long haul? Well, I'm breaking my body down just constantly. And I pretty much, I don't really take off days from the gym per se. Even if I'm not in the gym, I'm doing something outside. I'm doing cardio. I do sprints a lot. I do kettlebell work. Um, I'm always doing something active. And I feel like 
you know, my recovery has been optimized just by using branch chain amino acids on a consistent basis. I, uh, I love the natural stacks, um, BCAAs, and I take them pretty much all day long. And maybe, you know, I think you, to get a full dose, it's like five pills. I think, you know, sometimes I break the capsules open and I put it, you know, in some sort of hydrating beverage. Um, most of the time I just pop five pills, you know, every three hours or so and just to keep you in that anabolic environment. Yeah. Now you said before we came on the air that you're actually out of them. When, when you're out, <laughs> do you notice a difference? Uh, I think so. Um, when I am consistently taking the branch chain amino acids, I notice I'm not as sore. Um, awesome. And if I take them just like once a day or something, like I notice that I'm a little more sore, if that makes any sense. I think just taking them all day long, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking them all day long, especially, you know, advanced athletes. I think you should be keeping your body anabolic at all times. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, with the branch chains, we're talking about three amino acids, valine, isoleucine, leucine, and, and they comprise a majority of the skeletal muscle. So especially for somebody like you who is, um, you know, breaking your muscle down so many different ways, um, then, you know, the more active we are, the more stress we cause our muscles, the more we're going to need those recovery, um, those for recovery. So, um, okay. So, you know, we'll get into all the different ways that you uh, have to train and, and all the different ways that you have to eat for your various pursuits in a few minutes. Um, but, you know, we mentioned in your bio that you're new to the biohacking, life hacking stuff. Um, what drew you into this tribe? Or what, what was that light bulb moment where you said, either this is what I need or, or, or you know, this is what I want to do? I think uh, initially, you know, I was, I was just tired all the time. And I was just wondering how to optimize recovery and just be a better all-around athlete and a better artist and just get more work done and um, just wanted to optimize every, every part of my life. And I'll try and make this story as quick as possible. But I was, when I first got signed with, with TNA, they sent me to their developmental program up in Louisville, Kentucky. And I was staying with a friend of mine in Nashville, Tennessee, and he was also going to the developmental program. We had shows maybe four or five times a week, and we were driving back and forth from Nashville to Louisville, Kentucky, and we had hit three shows in, you know, the span of two, three days, and uh, just dead dog tired, and we did a show really late one night in Louisville, drove back to Nashville. I had to get up at five in the morning, the next morning. And mind you, getting back to Nashville at 2 a.m. So I had about three hours of sleep and I really had to get up at 5 a.m. to drive all the way to Jacksonville, Florida to see my fiance at the time. And I was just so dead dog tired, woke up at five and I was like, what am I going to do? You know, there's no way. And I had just ordered some bulletproof coffee. And I had the MCT oil and I had, you know, the Kerrygold butter and the actual, yep, there you go. Yep. And I, I just, I 
really made a go at it and, and drank it down. And I just felt just, just this amazing energy. It's like the and world it, goes it really from was like my first real time with the whole shebang, yeah, you know? Yeah. The world goes and, from black and white to color. Yeah, honestly. And I, I mean, it was just the most pleasant drive I think I've ever had. I think it was about a 10 hour drive and I just got through it with not, not really being hungry which was like amazing to me. I just had like a bag of almonds and a protein bar. And I think that's really all I ate. And I got home and you would think I'd be dead dog tired, but I was just, I was so excited to see my wife and my fiance at the time, now my wife, but it, it was just amazing. Like I thought I would get home and just be ready to go to bed, but it was like, let's, you know, let's stay up and hang out and talk. And, you know, it was just, I was just blown away. I had to have more of that. <laughs> yeah. So where did it go from there? How did you get hooked up with natural stacks? Well, I reached out to, to Bulletproof first, and then I started really going on their website and reading all the different biohacking techniques. And slowly but surely, I got into – I never really looked at, like, you know, sleep as a big thing. But as I started researching that a lot more, it just seemed like to make more sense to me that sleep is the most, probably the most important thing, especially for like what I do, mm -hmm. you know, we're just beating our bodies up constantly. Yep. And I think a lot of the guys just aren't getting enough rest. Yeah. It's, it's during that rest when our body lays down new tissue, repairs things, recovers. And, and it's funny that, that you mentioned sleep. I, I think to this point, 100% of our guests have mentioned sleep as a biohack. <laughs> Absolutely. So give us uh, like two or three other top biohacks that you're using or, or have used over the last couple of years. Um, I really implement like krill oil. Okay. Because that's from my research, it's, it's really a big factor in uh, downplaying inflammation and that was another thing that was interesting to me. I, I listened to a webinar from Dave Asprey, and I guess an MMA athlete had asked, you know, because he gets hit in the head constantly, and he, he sort of asked, like, what are some biohacks as to, like, how to minimize, you know, like, inflammation in your brain after just getting pummeled? And Dave Asprey actually said, like, you know, I would supplement right after a fight with krill oil. And, you know, in wrestling, you're just falling on your back right. constantly. And sometimes you hit your head and you just, you feel kind of loopy, you know? Mm -hmm. So krill oil and, you know, other supplements that help with inflammation, I think, are like a big biohack for, for that type of performance, you know? Um, let's see. I definitely do MCT oil, like, pretty much all day long. And I think that really keeps me sort of clear-headed and... Uh, full of energy, uh, really running off the fat for fuel, you know. I, I still keep year-round like a, a low-carb, I would say, low-carb diet. Um, yeah. And a third, I would say, I would say give yourself, you know, like a like a cheat every now and then. you got to live life and, and have some fun. Um, I think if you do more of the good stuff, more – most of the time, yep. I think you're just, you know, you're setting yourself up for, you know, to be 
in an optimal state. Yeah, that's something that, um, as a gym owner, that's something that I find myself talking to our members about all the time. Um, you know, it's, it's not the exception, it's the norm. You know, if, like you said, if you're eating a cheat, whatever you have in that meal, if that's the exception rather than the norm, you're, you're going to be okay. Um, Absolutely. So Absolutely. now uh, I want to know, as you've gone on through wrestling, um, now I, I know that in your first year with TNA, you got to, uh, you got to wrestle with Mick Foley. That's, that's pretty damn cool. Um, but as you've kind of rubbed shoulders with some of these guys who've been in the industry for a long time, what tricks or, or secrets have they passed on to help you, um, you know, with, with resiliency or, or, or longevity? Uh, number one, try to avoid getting hit in the head with a steel chair <laughs> as much as possible. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that this generation of wrestler is really learning from the past generations and, you know, you're sort of taking the good and applying it and, you know, looking at some of the, the mistakes that some of them made and, and, and they're passing that along to us and saying like, look, don't do it this way. Cause I made the mistake and you don't want to end up like this, or you don't want to do this and get in trouble. And, um, you know, I, I think today it's more about working smarter as opposed to harder. Um, you know, I, I still pride myself in working extremely hard and, I'm one of those guys that takes a lot of bumps and, but I feel like I, I have that athletic ability to sort of do that and, and know that I can weigh out the, the risks and be able to uh, keep myself protected, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a, a misconception when, when we say work smarter, not harder, you know, that, that it's an excuse to not work hard. But if you could, if you keep working with that same tenacity, that same determination and drive and passion, but smarter at the same time, then, then you're, you know, you're stacking your results. You're getting farther, faster. Um, so when you transition from wrestler to bodybuilder, you just competed in your first NPC show, right? That was the, the Florida Grand Prix. Yes, actually it was my first men's physique show. I know okay. it's sort of a new division. Um, I did compete in a bodybuilding show in 2004 when I was 20 years old. Okay. And, uh, that was just straight bodybuilding. And now they have this new division okay. called men's physique that I still don't fully understand. It's a, it's a slightly slimmer division, right? Yeah, I, I guess you could say you're not, you know, they wear the board shorts instead of the little banana little hammocks. Trunks, okay. You know? <laughs> okay. Um, so as you transition from wrestler to bodybuilder, uh, and you need to be a little bit leaner, um, you know, talk a little bit about the, the prep, the difference in your diet from one to the other. Um, you know, in, in your, you mentioned before we came on air, you worked with a coach for this most recent show. How long did you diet? How much weight did you lose? all that body fat percentage, how much did it drop? Well, it was, it, I worked with this, the same guy that I worked with in 2004. I reached out to him and said, Hey, I have the itch to, you know, maybe step on stage again and, and just see if I can do well in the men's physique division. And I, I was learning as I, as I went and, you know, um, the, the diet was very, very similar to what I did in 2004, maybe a little, 
couple tweaks here and there. I, I think a bodybuilding diet was a little bit more strenuous. Um, I, I noticed I didn't struggle too much with this. Maybe it's because I'm 31 years old now and I'm, I'm just kind of in that mode where I just like, I like to, to do this kind of thing right. now. And when I was 20, I was just more like, Oh my God, what am I doing? You know? Right. You're, you're a little out having fun. And, yeah. yeah. Mentally tougher, stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Cause, cause um, I mean, the, to me, the mental side of dieting and preparing is, is so much more difficult than the physical side. True. True. Um, I, th I believe the diet, I always start about 10 to 12 weeks out. Okay. And I stay relatively lean year round, never going pretty much above 10% body fat. And, you know, that's, that's good. Cause we're always, you know, the wrestling business is such a look business. Right. And I sort of have that, that look where I'm sort of expected to sort of be lean and, and have muscle, you know? Right. Right. And I don't really let that get, you know, I don't really let any, any fat creep up and, you know, blur that. <laughs> right. You don't, you don't have that stereotypical off season bodybuilder look. Right. And when we're on the road, we're always pretty much looking for the healthiest options and we're, we're staying relatively lean and, and eating well on the road as best as we can. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. We, we talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I know for me, you know, and for anybody, it's hard enough to have a routine at home. But when you are out of your routine, how do you stay as close to that as possible when you travel? What kind of secrets can you share? I think uh, finding somebody, you know, on the roster that shares in your, you know, your eating habits and workout habits, I think that goes a long way in uh, making, making it easier to just be on the road and, you know, not stray from what you do at home. And it's been pretty easy for me because I have friends that were all, one of my best friends is Nick uh, Aldis, Magnus. Uh, okay. He's with TNA as, as well. And he's a natural stacks athlete, but he, uh, we're always just like researching and coming together and, and, you know, talking about different biohacks. And he's, he's one of the guys that really got me into the sleep, you know, biohacks. And whenever we fly into a, a town, it's the first thing we do is like find a gym and we find a cracker barrel or a, you know, an IHOP where we can get an omelet, you know, something like that. And, and, you know, tell them not to use a bunch of, you know, bad stuff. And tell them you brought your own Kerrygold butter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so on the bodybuilding diet, as you prepared, um, you know, how, in terms of macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, fat, how did it vary from your non-bodybuilding prep diet? I think it was just a lot more, it, there's a lot more consistency uh, added to the equation. It's, it's like I was doing seven meals a day. Um, and I, I, always, I, was, I would always ask John Muir, my nutritionist, I would always ask him, like, what is, what is the point in doing seven meals? You know, I wanted to know everything, mm -hmm. and I, I still feel like I'm <laughs> – I'd have to do probably 20, 20 or 30 of these contests just to, like, really figure out my body and how it responds. But it responded really well to this. But I was doing seven meals a day, 60 grams of protein with each meal, uh, 
first two meals were my only carbohydrate meals. And it started, you know, the first six weeks was, I was doing 10 egg whites, two yolks, and three-fourths cup oatmeal. And then about two hours later, I'd do another, I'd do a 60-gram protein sh shake. And then meal three would be a nine-ounce chicken breast or salmon. And I would have about a six-ounce sweet potato. And then carbs were, were done. That was it for the day. Okay. And couple that with, you know, I was doing 40 minutes of empty stomach cardio in the morning before breakfast. How many days a week? That, he was saying six days a week, but I okay. just, I was doing seven days a week. Okay. Okay. Now, when you, when you're not competing for a bodybuilding show, are you doing that much cardio? Um, I should be. Uh, and, and yes, the contest is over, but I'm still sticking to at least 30 to 40 minutes empty stomach cardio, which my body has responded to right. extremely well. Okay. And, uh, is that, that's walking on a treadmill incline? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I might do, I might do 20 minutes on the elliptical, you know, like medium, medium pace. Yeah. So when, when we're doing cardio in that fasted state, we actually want to be at a little bit lower to, to moderate intensity at the highest. We don't want to go into that high intensity because, you know, that's going to use a fuel system that we haven't given fuel to because we're fasted. Um, and doing it, sure. doing it at that low to moderate state is going to allow us to uh, predominantly use body fat for fuel. So, um, well, cool. So supplement wise, did you add any supplements to prepare for a bodybuilding show or how does your supplement regimen change as you transition from bodybuilder to stuntman to wrestler? It, you know, it doesn't really uh, vary a whole lot. I, I pretty much do the same thing, whether I'm, you know, competing in a physique show or I'm, you know, on the road wrestling, uh, like I said earlier, I keep the, the BCAAs pretty much consistent all day long. I'm just steady stream of, you know, aminos through my bloodstream. You know, I just think that's like what you got to do to stay in that anabolic environment and keep recovery as optimal as, as possible. Um, I do take creatine consistently. Mm -hmm. um, I've always responded very well to creatine. I don't really get any of that, like water bloat or retention that people or upset stomach that people talk about right i've especially with natural stacks the biocreatine it's made a huge difference i'll have to say that that i would agree with that i've used theirs and i don't have any stomach issues uh, i'm a big fan of it and i do exactly what you mentioned with the bcaa's where i'll uh, i'll actually take it out of the capsules and mix it in with like uh, water and, and whatever else i have post-workout absolutely and I really like the the BCAAs with the beta alanine, mm -hmm. and I I I guess I really like that yeah. tingling effect that it gives you. Okay, you okay, know? yeah, I know a lot of people don't like it. Um, I, I actually <laughs> I haven't experienced the tingling from the natural stacks um, product, but um, yeah, but so so the beta alanine is definitely going to help you get a couple extra reps in, and, and it kind of buffers uh, lactic acid. So. Um, well, cool. What about, uh, like nootropics? Are you, um, this is something that was not really around when I was competing in bodybuilding and doing the modeling stuff. So, you know, we talked about the mental side of it being tougher than the physical side. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to go back and, and go through that again and use nootropics to kind of get through. Um, did you have any 
did you use them during that maybe use them pre-workout anything like that pretty pretty much uh any day i i'm going to be you know doing a lot of drawing some freelance art that i have to take care of Mm -hmm. i'm i'm taking siltep natural stack siltep and i've noticed a pretty big difference in you know focus i can take three three capsules of that and just sort of get lost in the artwork yeah and then before i know it i'm I'm done with a piece and you know two three hours has passed and i'm like wow you know and my friend i mentioned earlier nick aldis we are big on nootropics as far as before like a wrestling match when you have things that you have to maybe go over in your head yeah before performing in front of a crowd if you if you need to go out there and cut a promo and you have to remember some key points i think that um you know taking something like a siltep that has ingredients in it that are sort of you know going to help you retain information and um because you know you're looking at a script a couple hours before you go out uh to the ring to perform and and sometimes there's some bullet points that you don't want to go out there and forget because you might have to go out there and do it again or you're going to get yelled at by management, you know? Yeah. So. And now, I know a lot of guys love the uh, the promotional stuff, those scripts, more than actually being in the ring. Are you one of those guys? Do you, do you like that? I, I've always – what drew me to wrestling, to pro wrestling, was the, the characters. It was never really about the, the wrestling itself. Although I, you know, I think I'm really good at that. And I think that I spent more time learning how to wrestle than learning how to be a character. Yeah. And just, I mean, I've been almost 10 years now I've been doing this and I really just feel like I'm scratching the surface of, you know, sort of the character studies. Yeah. So how close is your character in the ring or, or on wrestling to your real life character? I, I think everybody's character that they excel at in pro wrestling is is some sort of extension of them to to a degree. Um, I think my character works for me because I'm such a huge fan of the horror genre and uh, you know scary movies and the TV shows like Dexter and you know um, like American Psycho and, and Dexter are sort of what my character is based on. And I, I just think I can relate to that just because I enjoy those types of, you know, that type of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is that how you became known as the creepy bastard? Well, the storyline goes, I was sort of infatuated with a young lady that was on the TNA roster and maybe a little too much. And, Maybe it was a little creepy, and then okay. a good friend of mine, Mr. Ken Anderson, likes to come out and call me out in front of a packed house in London, England, and calls me the creepy bastard. And then all of a sudden, you had the whole crowd chanting creepy bastard at me. <laughs> That's and, great. you know, as much as I hated him for that, it was sort of a great feeling to just, you want that reaction right. from the crowd. Right. I mean, that's, like you said, it's, it's all about the character. Absolutely. That's cool. 
that's cool. So what what came first, wrestling or stuntman? Did one help the other? Because they seem to me like similar physical demands. Absolutely. Uh, I think just growing up, just doing doing flips off of everything, and like you, anytime I saw something that I could jump off of, it's like, oh, I could do a backflip off that. Let me do that. And now I think about it, I'm like, why? Why did I do that? But <laughs> that's just how it was. And then I, uh, I was always just saying I wanted to do something that related to that. And pro wrestling just seemed like the best mix of athleticism and acting. And you just combine those and just make something really unique, you know? Right, right. Very cool. Let's shift gears a little bit. And, and, you know, we mentioned you're a professional artist. You talked a little bit about, you know, using Siltep to kind of help you crank out your best work. What kind of art do you do? Uh, anything, really. I, uh, I'm a, I guess you'd say a freelance illustrator. Okay. I went to Savannah College of Art and Design, graduated um, in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> okay with a bachelor of fine arts degree in illustration and ever since then i just and especially with wrestling i've gotten a lot of notoriety as far as and tna was really good about featuring my artwork into certain storylines or into their program somehow and you know with social media like Mm -hmm. i get a lot of fan interaction and they always ask me like hey can you draw so-and-so? Can you do this? And I, I get a lot of fans that want wrestlers drawn for them. And I work for a company called Pro Wrestling Tees that makes T-shirts for, for pro wrestlers, and I do a lot of designs for them. Okay. And it's been great. <laughs> do you have a favorite thing that you like to, to draw or, or illustrate uh, other than wrestlers? Uh, I, think, I think just characters or or superheroes and things like that i I actually worked at universal studios as a caricature artist you know the funny funny pictures where yeah like people sit down in front of you and you sort of make if they have a big nose you draw a big nose right right still trying to make it look like them as much as possible okay (laughs) so if you're not drawing something you know based on what you see or, or you're not drawing a wrestler for somebody where does the inspiration come from and how do you get into that groove? Do you have any habits or, or anything that helps you get into that creative process? I think ever since I was a, a child, it's, it's sort of been an outlet for me. Just like sort of like what I said about if I saw something that I could jump off of, mm-hmm. like I wanted to do something creative off of it, you know, like a twisting backflip or something. But, you know, I, I always the idea of drawing something on paper to sort of lose yourself in what you're doing and create a scene or create a story with a pencil on a piece of paper just always intrigued me, you know? Gotcha. Okay. So we've got uh, time for a couple more questions. Um, Before we wrap this up, you mentioned social media. So we always want to give our listeners an opportunity to find more of you. So where should people go to find more of Sam Shaw, the real Sam Shaw? You can find me on Twitter at the Samuel Shaw. 
and the same thing on Instagram. I post a lot of my artwork on Instagram, sometimes on Twitter, but Instagram is the same, the Samuel Shaw. Excellent, excellent. Um, now, before we let you go, we're having all of our guests share three tips so that our listeners can perform optimally. So if you had to leave folks with just three pieces of information, what would those be? I'd say number one, uh, consistency, I guess, would be a key. Um, you're not going to see results, I think, in you know, some people, you're not going to see results in one or two weeks, you know, you have to keep everything consistent. And really, because I was already sort of lean going into this, you know, diet and everything, it took me about four weeks before I could really see a huge change in my body, but just being very consistent with the, the diet and everything. And the gym, you know, just getting in there and hitting what you're supposed to hit every day. Um, number two, let's see. Don't make going to the gym like a chore. Or don't make eating, you know, st sticking to a diet like a chore. Like, try and enjoy it and see what it's what it's really doing for you. Um, if it was easy, everybody would do it and everybody would look fantastic. But obviously we, and this is a, a story for another day, but obviously Go ahead and tell we it. have an epidemic yeah. in the United States. and you know, most of the population is overweight and they have no idea what they're doing to themselves by eating the foods that they eat and educate yourself, biohack, you know, and really learn about what these foods do to you, you know, mm -hmm. and make the right choices. I love that. And one. number three, have a cheat day, have a cheat meal, you know, don't go full on. Like, you know, Tim Ferriss is a big proponent of Let's have an all-out engorge-yourself day. Um, and I've been known to do that, but I, I definitely don't feel good after that. But at the same time, it sort of sets you up, you know, for the week. If I do it on a Sunday, I definitely don't want to eat anything bad during the week. Right. Right. So Yeah, you know, I think that goes back to what we said earlier. As long as that's the exception, not the norm, then you're going to be okay. And you definitely don't want to do it when you have to perform at your highest level, like you said, during the week. All right, Sam, thanks a lot for hanging out with us today. Uh, for all of our listeners, you guys can get more of Sam, like he told you, on Twitter or Instagram at the Samuel Shaw. And as always, we'll have the show notes on optimalperformance.com. Sam, thanks again. Thank you guys very much. All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Take care. You were looking for a way to change your life. You got it. You've been listening to Optimal Performance Podcast. Remember, you can find show notes for every episode along with video version at OptimalPerformance.com. And also remember, Optimal Performance Podcast loves your five-star ratings. So head on over to iTunes, show us some five-star love, and not only will we read those reviews on the show, but you will be entered into a raffle to win some free Natural Stacks goodies. See you next Thursday.